I'll start by saying good morning and saying like I always do, thanks for bringing the church into this space this morning, uh, whether it's in this building that you're uh, in person with us or on the live stream. My guess is that there are probably a few more people on the live stream than, than usual this Sunday, having already started their holiday travels or perhaps are in pre-family hangout quarantine mode this morning. So uh, if you're watching on a screen, excited that you're engaging this. Uh, if we haven't met, my name's Jamie. I'm one of the pastors of our church, the guy who uh, gets the opportunity to handle much of the preaching, the privilege and, and honor of doing so as we open up the scriptures in spaces like these. Um, speaking of the scriptures this morning being no different, I invite you to uh, go ahead and, and open up this morning to uh, Psalm 134. That's where we're gonna be this morning. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you, you will find the, the uh, scripture references, the quotes this morning uh, up on the screen behind me. So feel free to just track with the screen if you don't happen to own a Bible. Normally we have Bibles under the chairs, but it's a COVID reality, so we don't right now, but one day we will. Um, let, me, let me pray for us and, and we'll go ahead and we'll jump in this morning. Heavenly Father, maker of heaven and earth, as Psalm 134 says, I pray this morning that you would awaken our minds and hearts in a fresh way to a fuller expression of who you are, that you would fan into flame the praise and adoration that you so richly deserve. Pray that you would do that. And then on the other hand, I pray that you would show us something of, of the multifaceted expression of the many blessings that you bestow upon your people, that we might more fully receive what you graciously share out of the bounty of your infinite fullness, Lord. Would you, would you attend the preaching of your word and power even now? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this is it. The final sermon on this journey through the, the songs of ascent. This is the caboose on the train. We have been on this journey for, for 15 songs, so to speak. Now we're all going to heaven today because we're done. We're in Zion. I'm kidding. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe Jesus will return and that would be amazing. Um, if you were around a few months ago, you, you'll know that, that this sermon series is a journey that started on a lawn and ended in an auditorium which is incredibly fitting, I would say, as, as this series tells the story of, of a people on the move, right? It's a study of a 15-song album within the book of Psalms that the Israelites made their playlist in traveling to Jerusalem several times a year for the major Jewish feasts and festivals. It's one of the more diverse albums in its lyrical expression in capturing the fullness of the human condition and experience. If I could just, uh, if I could just remind us of where this album has taken us, as we put in our proverbial headphones, so to speak, for the past several months. We began with a, a song of lament, Psalm 120, the leadoff track, a, a declaration of homesickness in a faraway land, incredibly counterintuitive to the, the smiled upon formula for any good album, which starts with energy and a hook, right? Communicating something in and of itself, I would say, namely that Christianity is honest. It's honest about the troubles of this world. It's honest about the reality of what it is to live east of Eden. The psalmist reminding us that, that we're not home yet, inviting us to come to the end of ourselves and the promises of this broken world, to commit ourselves to the, the rugged journey of discipleship that finds its destination in the very presence of God. The second song, Psalm 121, it's a song of providence. 
a perfect follow-up to the lead-off track, a song declaring confidence in God's never-ceasing care as we navigate the difficulties of the journey before us, a God who never sleeps, a God who never slumbers, a God who keeps his people until we arrive safely in his presence. The third song, Psalm 122, is a song of worshipful arrival, the psalmist having reached his destination, the city of God, a song calling God's people to, to stand amazed in response to his covenant promises and faithfulness so that the, the first three tracks, so to speak, represent something of a microcosm of the greater album, right? In their imagery of leaving, journeying, and arriving. As if, as if those first three songs didn't represent enough of a diverse lyrical expression, we've gone on to listen with headphones in to, to songs of thanksgiving, inviting us to proclaim God's faithfulness and answering the cries of his covenant people for mercy, songs of confidence, reminding us that true lasting security is found in the presence of God, songs of wisdom, declaring that without God's blessing, every human endeavor is meaningless, songs of trust, inviting us to, to know the peace and tranquility that comes in calming and quieting our souls in God's presence. Songs of royal majesty declaring the hope of a forever king and a forever kingdom of perfect justice and equity. And songs of blessing, going back to last week, celebrating the, the goodness and pleasure that the Lord delights to pour out on those who dwell in unity. I mean, can we just stop for a second and say, praise God for the Psalms? through which the Lord meets us in our highest of highs and our lowest of lows and everything in between those two extremes. As he invites us to cry out to him with, with the full range of human emotion. And Psalm 134 is really no different. This morning's psalm, it's a, it's a song of worship. Makes sense, right? That we would end this album in the worship of the Lord, the final psalm of the Psalms of Ascent the last track on the album, so to speak. An album, as you may have noticed, and I've mentioned it a couple times, having moved closer to Zion with each passing song, culminating in the language of arrival. We've seen it ramped up on steroids the last few weeks, Psalms 132 through 134. As the psalmist arrives in God's chosen city, the visible expression of his presence in the psalmist's day, Mount Zion in the far north, Psalm 48 two, the city of the great king, Many scholars understand this psalm to be liturgical, sung on the journey to, to Jerusalem for whichever Jewish feast or festival awaited so that you can kind of get this picture in your mind of God's people journeying toward the city and finally arriving. And you can just see multiple family units and perhaps you know, for the first time ever, their first experience, like a kid going to Disney World, you have children who have arrived in the city of Jerusalem at night and they look out on the temple courts and see, see the lights associated with the sacrificial system and all of the liturgical elements there, asking mom and dad, can, can we go to the temple courts? Can we see it? There, there's that piece of it, the final song on the journey in arriving, and yet it's believed by many scholars that, that this is a song that likely also was incorporated into the closing of that major feast or festival as a final act of worship before returning home, before scattering to, to their respective villages and cities and homes. In this psalm, you, you have a both and, so to speak. You have a call to give and a call to receive. It's very simply broken down. You have a call to give the Lord the worship that only he deserves, verses one and two, and a call to receive the blessing that only he can give, verse three. 
So that in the psalm, you have hands lifted high, palms down in praise and adoration, and hands lifted high, palms up in neediness and dependence. You get that both and in this psalm, which is a beautiful expression of what it is to even be a Christian. If you pick up in verses one and two, the psalmist says, come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. The book of Ecclesiastes, if you were around for that series or maybe have studied that book on your own time, you know that's a book filled with incredible disappointment, right? The author's quest for happiness and meaning in this world, having come up short at each and every journey's end. The song of, songs of ascent are the exact opposite of the book of Ecclesiastes, declaring that the end of the journey for the people of God is not wrought with disappointment as the end of many journeys are, but rather ends in complete and utter blessing. Here you have this picture of God's people lifting their voices and hands in praise, bringing all of their trials, all of their joys, all of their sufferings to the feet of their covenant Lord. That's the picture here. There's a lack of consensus on who these servants of the Lord are, verse one. We're not really sure. Some scholars believe them to be the representation of God's pilgrim people, generally speaking, as the Psalms use that kind of broad language elsewhere, inviting all of God's people in while others believe, other scholars, that these servants of the Lord are those associated with the priesthood, since you do have the language of the psalmist declaring that these servants of the Lord stand by night in the house of the Lord. We know that the Old Testament describes those associated with the priesthood as praising the Lord in song by night, 1 Chronicles 9, as keeping the lampstand burning, Exodus 27, and stoking the fire of the altar of burnt offering from evening to morning. Regardless of, of who the participants may be, here you have this picture of worship, voices and, and hands lifted in praise, similar to the language of Psalm 63, verse four. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. That we may not always be able to, to lift up our fickle hearts, but we can surely lift our hands, trusting that our weary souls will follow suit. To the holy place, verse two. Now the right hand of the Almighty, right? The author of Hebrews tells us that, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. That, that language of passing through, bringing to mind the curtain, the, the, the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies in the temple. That the author of Hebrews declares that Jesus has passed through the curtain, so to speak, into the true holy of holies as our perfect high priest so that we can raise our hands like the psalmist, like God's people in the psalmist's day to the throne of heaven in worship and praise of the triune God. To use David's language, Psalm 103, verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That would be, that'd be a great ending to an album, right? Particularly one found in the scriptures. We might imagine that it would end there, and yet it doesn't. Verse three, it ends with a recognition that God's people never cease to need his continued blessing on their lives. The psalmist says in verse three, may the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. The Psalms of Ascent end like we do every Sunday with a benediction, a pronouncement of blessing upon God's people. These words hearkening back to the, the famous priestly benediction in Numbers chapter six, Aaron's blessing, which 
has become part of the hymn book of our church. I believe we're gonna sing these words just a few minutes from now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. He who, verse three, made heaven and earth, the king of all creation. The psalmist has in mind this theater forming God who commands the wind and the waves and moment by moment holds the cosmic stage lighting of sun, moon, and stars in their place. That God, the psalmist declares, of boundless power is committed to wielding his power and blessing his people from Zion, verse three reminding us that from Zion language that God's blessing is not just for his people in the feasts and festivals, but in their scattering. Alec Motyer in his commentary says, as maker of heaven and earth, he, God, is present in every place, sovereignly in control of everything, alongside us where we are and in full possession of all the riches in glory that heaven contains sufficient for every need. That's your God, Christian. We have access to the presence of that God no matter where we are in light of Christ's coming. That in a strange but, but true sense, Hebrews 12, 22, we've already arrived at Mount Zion, at the city to which we're journeying. We have access to the most holy place, the veil of the temple having been torn from top to bottom. Jesus, our means of entrance, the throne of grace accessible through him, our mediator, He's the one worthy of our worship, verses one and two, and he's our only hope for the blessing, verse three. As the Gospel Transformation Bible puts it, rightly seen, both the offering to God of worship and the receiving from God of what we need are the twin sides of all true worship. God is honored both as we give expression to his greatness and glory and as we open our hearts and hands to receive from him what only he can give. What a marvelous conclusion to the songs of ascent, a reminder of the obligation and joy of God's people, both to offer praise worthy of God's greatness and to receive his blessing, which we need day by day. We, the needy ones, give glory to God as we receive what he graciously shares out of the bounty of his infinite fullness, a grace ultimately made manifest in his own son. That if you think about it, this is the picture that the gospels paint. We see something of the, the sequential ordering of Psalm 134 in the ministry of Jesus Christ. A priestly sacrifice of praise, verses one and two, followed by a priestly benediction. As Jesus gave himself up as a spotless sacrifice for sin and subsequently led his disciples to the Mount of Olives where he lifted his hands and blessed them before ascending to heaven before taking his rightful place at the Father's right hand, the place from which he mediates God's blessing to us so that the benediction of God is ours in Jesus Christ. Psalm 134, you know this if you've been around for this series, it's the last in a, in a collection of processional songs meaning that they all fit together in some regard. This is not some haphazard album put together of 15 songs that have nothing to do with each other. And so having said that, here's what I wanna, wanna attempt to do in closing out this series as we bring it to a, an end. I wanna attempt to briefly bring this entire album before us, putting the essence of Psalm 134 into practice by first blessing the Lord, verses one and two, acknowledging who the Psalms of Ascent declare him to be, 
And then by asking for his blessing upon us, verse three, urging him to pour out upon us the many blessings of which the Psalms of Ascent speak. And so you're welcome to track along uh, with your Bible in hand. We're about to go in fifth gear. Buckle your seatbelts as I invite you to, to come. Bless the Lord, the one who answers his people in their distress, Psalm 120, verse one. Come, bless the Lord, a God of perfect justice who brings arrows upon archers, Psalm 120, verse four. Come, bless the Lord, the cosmic theater forming maker of heaven and earth, Psalm 121, verse two. Come, bless the Lord, a God who never sleeps nor slumbers, Psalm 121, verses three and four. Come, bless the Lord, the one who stands at the right hand of his covenant people, Psalm 121, verse five. Come bless the Lord, the one who keeps his people from evil and preserves them. Psalm 121, verses seven and eight. Come bless the Lord, the one whose name alone is worthy of our thanks. Psalm 122, verse four. Come bless the Lord, the one enthroned in the heavens whose footstool is the earth. Psalm 123, verse one. Come bless the Lord, the master who must provide if the servant isn't to go without. Psalm 123, verse two. Come bless the Lord, the one who's on his people's side, Psalm 124, verses one and two. Come bless the Lord, a God mighty to deliver his people when they would have been consumed otherwise, Psalm 124, verses three through seven. Come bless the Lord, a God who surrounds his people as the mountains surround Jerusalem, Psalm 125, verse two. Come bless the Lord, the one to whom belongs the scepter of righteousness, Psalm 125, verse three. Come bless the Lord, the one who restores fortunes and turns dreamers into singers, Psalm 126, verses one and two. Come bless the Lord, the one who pours out his mercy powerfully and suddenly like streams in the Negeb, Psalm 126, verse four. Come bless the Lord, the one who transforms seeds of sorrows into fields of joy, amen, Psalm 126, verses five and six. Come bless the Lord, the one who gives to his beloved sleep, Psalm 127, verse two. Come bless the Lord, the eminent Lord of the house and the city, the field and the family, Psalm 127, verses one through five. Come bless the Lord, a God worthy to be revered and obeyed, Psalm 128, verse one. Come bless the Lord, the one who brings forth blessing in the midst of the curse, Psalm 128, verses two and three. Come bless the Lord, the righteous one who cuts the cords of the wicked, Psalm 129, verse four. Come bless the Lord, the one who brings his people on the inside of the blessing by his grace, Psalm 129, verse eight. Come bless the Lord, the, the one who hears the voices of his people's pleas for mercy, Psalm 130, verses one and two. Come bless the Lord, the one, hallelujah, with whom there is forgiveness, Psalm 130, verse four. Come bless the Lord, the one who will pour out his mercy and grace as sure as the sun will rise, Psalm 130, verses five and six. Come bless the Lord with whom there is steadfast love and plentiful redemption, Psalm 130, verse seven. Come bless the Lord, the one who redeems his people from all, not some, all of their iniquities, Psalm 130, verse eight. Come bless the Lord. Sorry, I want you to see this and feel it visually. Come bless the Lord, a God whose thoughts and ways are higher than our thoughts and ways. Psalm 131, verse one. Come bless the Lord, a father who weans his children into deeper intimacy with him. Psalm 131, verse two. 
Come bless the Lord, the mighty one of Jacob who dwells among his people. Psalm 132 verse five. Come bless the Lord, a God who never turns his back on his oath or covenant. Psalm 132 verse 11. Come bless the Lord, the one having established an eternal throne and resting place of his presence. Psalm 132 verses 11 through 14. Come bless the Lord, the one whose kingdom is one of strength, justice, permanence, and majesty. Psalm 132 verses 14 through 18. And come bless the Lord, the one who bestows the blessing of true unity upon his people. Psalm 133 verses one through three. That's just a drop in the bucket in terms of who the scriptures describe our God to be. Isn't that unbelievable? probably doesn't even take up two whole pages of your Bible. Bless the Lord, O my soul, a God upon whom we never cease to be dependent, which is why verse three is there. And so I just pray, Lord, we, we need your continued blessing on our lives. And so I pronounce these blessings upon your people, trusting you and you alone to bestow these blessings from heaven's throne. I invite you as the church to receive them as they're pronounced. May the Lord bless you, verse three, with deliverance from falsehood and deception, Psalm 120, verse two. May the Lord bless you with his help in the midst of your cries, Psalm 121, verses two and three. May the Lord bless you with his keeping, preserving grace, Psalm 121, verse three. May the Lord bless you with his shade-like nearness in the midst of the scorching difficulties of life, Psalm 121, verses five and six. May the Lord bless you with protection from evil, Psalm 121, verse seven. May the Lord bless you with peace and security that only he can give, Psalm 122, verse seven. May the Lord bless you with mercy in the midst of confusion and uncertainty, Psalm 123, verse two. May the Lord bless you with relief from the scorn and contempt of scoffers, Psalm 123, verses three and four. May the Lord bless you with rescue from the beasts, floods, and ensnarements that lurk this side of heaven, Psalm 124, verses one through seven. May the Lord bless you with the sheltering mountains of his surrounding presence, Psalm 125, verse two. May the Lord bless you with the good that he does to those who are good, Psalm 125, verse four. May the Lord bless you, man, isn't this a simple one, but so necessary in life. May the Lord bless you with laughter and joy, Psalm 126, verse two. May the Lord bless you with the rushing waters of his presence like streams in the Negev, Psalm 126, verse four. May the Lord bless you with a harvest of joy birthed out of the seeds of sorrow, Psalm 126, verses five and six. May the Lord bless you with fruitful labors as you rely in dependence upon him, Psalm 127, verses one and two. May the Lord bless you with the sleep that comes in trusting him, Psalm 127, verse two. May the Lord bless you with the heritage of a gospel legacy that outlives you, Psalm 127, verses three through five. May the Lord bless you with the happiness that comes in bowing before his majesty and walking in his ways, Psalm 128, verse one. May the Lord bless you with fruitful vines and olive shoots around your table, Psalm 128, verses two and three. May the Lord bless you with the blessing that comes in his name, Psalm 129, verse eight. May the Lord bless you with his forgiveness, Psalm 130, verse four. May the Lord bless you with the patience to wait for the dawn in those dark nights of the soul, Psalm 130, verses five and six. May the Lord bless you with his steadfast love and plentiful redemption, Psalm 130, verse seven. 
May the Lord bless you with the humility to trust him with your limitations and to rest content in him. Psalm 131, verse one. May the Lord bless you with the tranquil trust of a weaned child who knows the calm and quiet of his presence. Psalm 131, verse two. May the Lord bless you with the joy of revival that comes in his arising. Psalm 132, verse eight. May the Lord bless you with the goodness and pleasure he delights to pour out on those who dwell in unity, Psalm 133, verse one. And may the Lord bless you with the oil and dew of a unified flourishing in Jesus Christ, Psalm 133, verses two and three. Man, you, you begin to see why the Psalms of Ascent would end the way they do. At the end of the journey, one of blessing that, that goes both ways as we give the Lord the worship that only he deserves, verses one and two, and receive the blessing that only he can give, verse three. With hands lifted high, palms down, again, in praise and adoration, and hands lifted high, palms up, in neediness and dependence. Josh Moody, in his book, Journey to Joy, a loose commentary on these psalms, he says, and so the journey ends through the prism of these psalms of ascent, They start low, leaving on their journey with trepidation, and they end high with unembarrassed, unashamed, untarnished blessing and praise with a finale that has no disappointment to it whatsoever. It is purely and simply blessing to God and blessing to us. So that I would close this series by simply asking, is this where your life is going? Is this how your journey will end? If not, I I implore you to turn to Jesus in faith, trusting him as a worthy savior and king, a rescuer of lost sinners, to know what it is to stand on the inside of the blessing. And if your answer is yes, then I invite you to rejoice as you continue down this road less traveled, so to speak, to glory, a road filled with blessing that ends in blessing for the glory of God and the joy of his people. In a moment, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna put Psalm 134 into practice. We're gonna sing blessing upon the Lord and, and sing as the recipients of the blessings that are ours in, in Jesus Christ. And I just invite you to think about the both and there of what true worship really is as we continue to worship with our song. It'll also be an opportunity to receive of communion. If you missed it on your way in, There are cups on the back table. You're welcome to go back there between now and the end of the service and and grab one of those. If you're a Christian, that meal is for you. Uh, We take the, the bread representing the broken body of Jesus and dip it in the cup representing his shed blood. Just invite you as you prepare to receive of those elements, whenever you're ready to, by the way, that, that time is, is accessible to you between now and the end of the service over the course of these last two songs. We wanna give space for the spirit to move during that time. But before you receive of those elements, I just invite you to pause for a second and, and acknowledge that, that none of this two-sided coin of true worship would be ours apart from Jesus Christ. That it's because of Jesus, his person and finished work that that we can be brought into the blessing of God, the praising of the true God, and that we can receive any hope of, of blessing that might be ours in him.